the hell are you doing here? I was invited. Really? Isn't your dad my pool man? I really wouldn't know. Oopsie! Oh! You really should be more careful with silk. Thank you. Excuse me? Thank you. For a minute there, I forgot why I avoided places like this and people like you. Avoided us? Honey, look around you. To everyone here who matters, you're vapor. You're spam. A waste of perfectly good yearbook space. Nothing's going to change that. You're not going to cry, are you? trilogy in theory my name is webb and this is my co-host mike and we are continuing our journey through the year 1999 this month we are starting with she's all that directed by i don't know who (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) always respectful (laughs) 25 years i still haven't learned your name buddy well you know what I think it speaks to the evergreen nature of the works of George Bernard Shaw and uh, how, uh, like, uh, My Fair Lady. And so this is a direct, um, well, not a direct, but a kind of a modern 90s adaptation of a concept that has been parodied to death. Uh, the classic, uh, well, you, you know, turning the quote-unquote ugly chick hot by some deadline. In this case, it's prom. Um, boy, is it tropey. It's all rom-com fodder. But man, I found myself thoroughly entertained and, and had a grin on my face for all 90 you minutes. You know what? This unnamed director, who I, I mean, I'm going to admit, I just looked up after you bungled it. Robert uh, Iskove, Iskove, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Uh, looks like he directed this, which was a hit. Went on to... Uh, repair with his version of Robert De Niro and Freddie Prinze Jr. for <laughs> 2000's Boys and Girls, which I do not think was a hit, and then did 2003's From Justin to Kelly, the American Idol season one movie. And after that, you know, he's had a working career. Uh, looks like he did some Christmas movies, um, but I guess that was the the final nail in the studio uh, rom com coffin from Justin to Kelly. Too bad. Wow. Well, that's a, that's a shame. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a shame <laughs> because here's the thing. <laughs> oh, you're saying <laughs> he made one thing you liked and that's enough. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't know how much 
<laughs> I bet he had this ship sailing, you know, in, in in smooth waters. But the thing is, the material kind of speaks for itself, right? Uh, I think uh, it's really, from a 2024 lens, it's kind of a who's who for the cast. People pop up for brief roles. I'm like, hey, that's him. Hey, it's Rome. Hey, it's Usher. Here's a little kid, you know. And so it's kind of fun in that regard. Um, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know what else to say about this one, but boy, uh, you know, you knew what to expect going in and you either were on board or you weren't. Did you see this in 1999? Oh God, no, I would not have been caught dead <laughs> going to see this, which is funny because like as a 40 year old man, I would probably be like, yeah, it's not for me, but you know, I'm glad they're still making these type of movies because they're really not. And as we're going to see with this month with our particular theme, uh, there was a decided, I guess, a concerted effort to capture the teen audience at the time that I guess they've just punted on now. Like, teens would be roped into, I guess, any number of big blockbusters like the Marvel movies now. I don't know if there's, like, teen-specific films, much like we lament there's not films for, like, adults that are skewed just towards them. Uh, But, boy, this one, yeah, I think even as a, you know, as a film nerd, uh, 16-year-old, I would have been embarrassed unless I had a girlfriend at the time that wanted to go see this. And even then, I bet I would have tried to talk her out of it <laughs> to see something else. But, you know, it's not without its faults. Oh, thank you, Webb, for that. <laughs> <This> Terrible-looking, <laughs> like, a film that is predicated... You know, I'm a rom-com uh, snob. There's zero chemistry between Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Prince Jr. There's no chemistry whatsoever. Like, did these two actors meet? Did they screen test them together? Like, did they do the Star Wars trick where it's like, we need a Luke, we need a Leia, we need a Han. What's the best, like, you know, uh, triumvirate there? Uh, why is why is Paul Walker bringing the heat here <laughs> as the heavy? I don't understand this. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, and I think my infatuation with it is because it's such a tried and true tropey movie that it's like boy it's hard to mess this up even when you have issues with like you said there's chemistry issues half-baked subplots right uh, laney her father's job there's like a social status kind of aspect that comes into play uh, briefly about him being like a pool guy right and and him working on the pools of these other rich kids that's hinted at but never explored that i got as an adult his like one little side towards the end. He's like, I don't really know what the big deal is. Like I'm my own boss, make my own hours. Like it's my business. I work for myself. And he's like, yeah, right on man. Right on Kevin Pollack. Like you, you enjoy yourself being horribly wrong and terrible at jeopardy. Like go right <laughs> in your free time. <laughs> Zach, you've got a, your main character who is somewhat, I mean, maybe not multidimensional, but he, he, there are shades, right? Web, web. The shade is he's accepted to Yale, accepted to Harvard, and he doesn't give a fuck. Not good enough. Because dad, so for some reason, dad is not going to be impressed with all these Ivy League acceptance letters. Horrible. I, I, God, this is the bane of this time period is like kids are just getting into these great schools left and right in movies. I think it's Varsity Blues, which will finish up this month in our Patreon. And I think, you know, Dawson there, backup quarterback. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Brown. <laughs> like, oh, are you? <laughs> well, see, this is kind of the problem I had in Booksmart, which I was like, all these fucking kids, they're all getting drunk, getting high, going to Ivy League schools. And I was like, I had a real problem with all of that. But Freddie Prince, you buy into it? You're like, you're cool with that? 
I guess he's not a partier. He seems like a pretty straight-laced kid, I guess. I don't know. Let's see. Here's the thing, though. Like, he's, quote-unquote, the... I don't want to say like he's, like, the hottest guy in school, but he's... The character is kind of set up that way, right? <laughs> you don't want to get into Hot or Not with me, where... <laughs> I actually had that thought, too. As a straight male, I was like, why is Freddie Prinze so much hotter than Paul Walker? In the school's <laughs> eyes, what fucking difference does it make? Like, one's got dark hair, one's blonde. Like, Jesus Christ. Sarah Michelle Gellar, doesn't she have a brief cameo in this? Wasted. Just in the cafeteria? Completely wasted. <laughs> what are they doing? Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but you, you've got this guy who's, uh, like, you know, super attractive, really good at sports, high-ass GPA, gotten to all these... I, like, where is the problem, you know? And, and so I understand, and there is that little bit of trepidation about his future, and, and is does he really want to go to these... Uh, uh, Ivy League schools and the pressure that he received from his father and that one little, I wish there was a little more right like that little hacky sack sequence at the beginning what if that opened up something in him where it's like hey I want to be art like there there's a lot of loose wait are you talking about where he does the uh, um like <laughs> poetry jam <laughs> hacky sack uh. yeah but well, here's the thing though <laughs> there are threads there are threads that are like, oh, that could have been something. That could have been something. And so throughout, that, that's this movie in a nutshell. I had the mic experience of this movie where it's like I, I had low expectations going in. And then all of a sudden I'm invested. And now I'm finding ways that the movie could have been better. Mm. Release the Eisgoff cut. <laughs> Do it, you cowards. <laughs> Certainly. Um, the other thing kind of holding this film back, maybe... And and I want to get your thoughts on this. Is that is it too nineties? Is it too dated? Because like the real world, a precursor to kind of all yeah, the reality yeah. stuff that you see now, um, that's very much in you know it is part of the DNA of the film. I mean, Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard is <laughs> you know a big celebrity. I also I also started comparing the looks of Matthew Lillard, Freddie Prince Jr., and Paul <laughs> and Paul Walker. Sorry, that that visual gag. Um, you're representing. I'm wearing my uh, Lillard gear for the fans. <laughs> this is a, a scream, a Kentucky scream shirt that I have on. Uh, the state of Kentucky with the scream mask. Um, so very highly specific to myself. Are you? Wait, were you going in the direction that I think most people would, which is this? Uh, you know, want to be destined to be prom queen, mean girl who's dated Freddie Prinze for an interminable amount of time. Basically, they're, I guess they're high school careers, if you will. Um, instead of her taking a walk on the wild side and dating his best friend slash friend me, Paul Walker, uh, she goes and finds Matthew Lillard at like MTV Spring Break. Um, I don't know. I guess, you know, young people make stupid decisions. But uh, as a Lillard fan... And we've done the Descendants on this uh, episode. So even in in the trilogy and theory continuity, he vanquishes George Clooney. Yeah. So I guess he can vanquish Freddie Prince Jr. as well. Oh, 100%. And the family man, Paul Walker, him too. So you've got, you know, the, the real world, which is very much part of the film. You've got the teen slang kind of throughout. I mean, she's all that. That in and of itself is teen slang from the 90s. And then you've got references, Rome, uh, uh, Sega. I was like, is that something that people... <laughs> Sega's not even a thing anymore. They're a developer. Not even... They have no hardware. It's interesting you bring up the real world, I guess, MTV aspect. Because, well, sure, that's part of 90s culture. I bet you at the time of its release, if there was such a thing as podcasts, and you and I were 
to adult men commenting on it, or even teenagers at the time, we may have had the complaint that using the real world was like past its sell by date then. Cause the real world is definitely a nineties staple, but this coming at the end of the decade, it's, it's not like it was hip. This is like, I guess Lillard is playing some version of Huck, the like gross dude who like farts on things and is just like rude to their housemates. That was five years old <laughs> by this point. Five. So it wasn't really topical then, but it worked for whatever, whatever reason this worked. And it, I pulled it up on Netflix. Cause I, I told you before we recorded, I was like, I can't, even if this is four ninety nine, I don't care if it's 4k. I don't care if it's <laughs> HDR plus. I can't pull the trigger on this. There, shit. there is a director's and commentary Netflix, out there. <laughs> no shit. Oh God. <laughs> so, um, Netflix, the little preview that they play, that's not the actual preview, but the scene that they highlight is, I think, maybe the only scene people would remember from it. It's the one that got parodied in probably like not another teen movie or scary movie, stuff like that, um, where she comes down the steps in her red dress. And effectively, all she's done is just take off her, her glasses and... I guess be more effeminate in some way. I don't. I don't know. This. This Actually, is a, less uh, so. She cuts her hair. She shortens her hair. So th- I would say that's less. Eff- <laughs> right. That's like kind of less effeminate. I, I'm so prepared for your take. Where Rachel Lee Cook, uh, just is really butching it up here, and she's all that when she comes down the stairs because <laughs> it's it's odd. I guess the details I forgot that, and she even says she's not the smart one. It's like. So I look like a dork. So I must be like, you know, the one who could help tutor you when really she's just the art kid who's just like into her own own shit. She carries far too many things. And unfortunately, even in that sequence, she has to have like the hot girl. But we can't allow you to just be hot. You have to be a klutz as well. Oh, she's, yeah. She like falls the rest of it. Hate that. Only that of one it. time. Um, no other time. She's a klutz just in that one moment. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty effective with, you know, she has a steady hand. Like when the girl who's like puking on herself who she tries to help out the, the, the same one who would appear in, I guess the, uh, well, the faculty months before this, they just have like this, this rotating cast of just like here of all the teen actors or the 25 year olds playing teens. Um, she <laughs> earlier in the film says, why don't you just kill yourself? Oh my God. Basically. So you'll be a, a famous artist. Yeah. Which, I don't know how that would play now, 25 years later, but then when she's puking on herself and our girl with glasses at the heart of gold is helping her out. She's like, how's it feel? Now you're cleaning up my puke. I'm like, God damn, this girl's like doubling down on villainy. And all she does as a means of like come up and so she does this awesome face paint. It's not like she draws a dick on this girl's face. Like it's actually something that if she walked around with, people would be like, cool, where did you get that? Jesus Christ, that's detailed. So um, there's, there's a lot of things here that I don't know if they even stuck at the time other than, as you said, the simple concept uh, which really was popular probably in the John Hughes movies as far as like the dork that makes good or is seen in a different light by the other, um, I guess, classmates. <laughs> in this one, though, other than the fact that they're constantly talking about boobs, it's almost like a Kevin Smith film at times, except they don't talk about dicks, which would make it balanced. Um, I feel like the rest of the gang, mainly voiced by Paul Walker, quickly surmises, oh, shit, she's hot <laughs> and I haven't tried to hit on her yet. <laughs> God damn it. Time's running out. I should get around to that. I should really try to see if I can have sex with her. And so I had forgotten that she doesn't really stay as the perceived dork for very long. Almost everyone is quickly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's actually good looking. Yeah. And 
I don't know if that is accurate to your high school experience. I can certainly say it's not to mine because coming from a very small town, if anyone is even <laughs> modestly, <laughs> moderately, decently looking, people are on that <laughs> because they don't have options. <laughs> you can't wait around for a full fucking makeover. <laughs> you, you have to buy those stocks immediately and hope that they accrue <laughs> in your investment. <laughs> And no, which is to say, in a small town in Kentucky, people are getting a lot of chances. Like, I think that, you know what? <laughs> she projects well. Or, you know, I think he's going to come around. But see, and, and that is one of the big problems is like she does the Clark Kent, right? Like, very little in terms of yeah. The, yeah. the makeover. Right off the bat, I was very into the character. She's artsy. Um, she kind of does her own thing. She's got an odd not even an odd wardrobe just like her own she's doing her own thing and i dig it i was digging her from practical the yeah she's gonna go paint so she's just wearing you know overalls or something i mean it's just nothing to draw attention um <laughs> except the fact that if she goes to the beach somehow all of these teenage boys whose hormones are like running like crazy will suddenly realize that she has breasts and we're not talking like Marilyn Monroe here. We're not talking about this extremely curvy woman. That's I don't know. This movie's kind of quaint in that way. It's like it it treats the the men that they're not, they're not ogling women unless women who are somehow presenting themselves in the running for prom queen. It's like they just leave everyone else who doesn't want the attention aside, which I think most kids who go to high school probably would prefer. Like just leave me out of your bullshit. Unless I choose to run that race with you. I'm glad that the film never got into like Uber uh, parody because like even even in that scene where she does have the swimsuit, it's not like she has like arm flippers and, and a bunch of suntan lotion. Like she, she's not going into she's just a regular person wearing like a swimsuit. She's a one piece. That's about the main difference is a one piece and she's wearing glasses. But, yes. Uh, otherwise, yeah, not not so much here. But I, you know. This is one of those things where, and if you're a fan of rom-coms, uh, really, I guess just pure genre fare of any sort, where, you know, it could be a slasher movie where there's certain beats you like to hit. That's why, you know, <laughs> I think that's, there's a reason Freddie Prinze did not go on to to be, like, the next matinee idol, because he's just not that interesting. And here he's not playing that interesting of a character, so I'm not going to blame him entirely because he's the stoic straight guy here. I think who I blame is the re the supporting cast. You you don't really have a funny best friend here for anyone. It's like I kept waiting for. So I guess uh, isn't it uh, Matt Bardock, the Netflix series Foggy. Daredevils, uh, Foggy? I thought okay, that's the guy, right? That's the the funny one. Uh, not really. They they just kind of sprinkle in. No, but it's missing some of the I guess the tropes that I look for in rom coms. Uh, to come in the heavy hitter, and we'll get to uh, 10 Things I Hate About You at the end of the month, that one clearly is like, we're going to have a best friend that has all the, like, sort of the one-liners. It's, it's it's missing here. I'm glad that he's no longer, like, Fulton of the Mighty Ducks, right? I'm, I'm glad that he got something else. Is it Daredevil or She's All That? <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you saying? Because <laughs> I'm going to go with Daredevil. <laughs> um, you know, the film does toy with having a personality. I, again, it dips its toe. <laughs> like, you know, okay, like, I please do not 
take me too out of context here, but it tries to do the uh, do the right thing. You've got Usher kind of doing his Sam Jackson thing. I wish Usher. Oh, dear Lord. Well, if, oh, my God. If he was like the <laughs> voice of the movie and maybe uh, uh, he was setting up each specific act or something through his radio program, it was more of a novelty. Like, hey, look, it's Usher. Like, I wish that there was a little more thought. Let's get Usher in our movie and not have him shoot with the other actors. Can we just wrap him in a day? Yeah, yes. <laughs> He's always standing by himself with headphones. <laughs> I think that's essentially what it was. Fair. Uh, and then how about that choreographed dance sequence that we've got? Oh, oh. oh hold on. A I I would have hated I would have hated this as a teenager where it's like <laughs> like I guess it's and this is me playing the gender stereotypes. Like I don't know, like does every sports movie, which I guess would be geared more towards like dudes and, you know, varsity blues will come up at the end of the month. Uh, there's always like those, those moments, those sort of do or die where it's like, this is, you know, this is your opportunity and you have to take it and you are going to be the one to, to see, to see through all the rest of this bullshit. <laughs> so here I'm going to assume where the people, you know, it's not necessarily female theater kids, whatever, but, this whole choreographed thing where <laughs> we would later call them flash mobs, I guess, which makes some degree of sense in that people have to like practice for months for like this one outburst of activity. The idea of the concept does not translate to a high school prom because you're not going to get teenagers who for the most part have spent the better part of four years probably loathing each other <laughs> to do anything choreographed where it's like you remove the individual and it's just the collective group accomplishing something where really the only people who are going to be watching are going to be people like me that hate dancing, especially choreographed dancing. So you don't even have an audience for it other than Usher, I guess, who is <laughs> but see, the Sam Jackson from Do the Right Thing. Oh, my God. I can't get over that. <laughs> I'm not saying it would have been that level of importance i'm just saying it would have been nice but like, well you know how we got a choreographed dance sequence in clerks 2 like this one could have had something like that where it's like hey it's just there because we were feeling uh that it would add a little bit of spice and that's the problem with this film i think well not the problem but I think that's why I don't like it more it it hits all those similar and comforting notes but I wish there was more from every single aspect of the film. I mean, even they felt the need to, uh, Anna Paquin's character, she's like, oh, I'm in an all girls school. So even fatty, foggy Nelson looks good to me. Like they kind of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, boy, it's, it's a little lazy. <laughs> I love how negative you took that. And I was just taking it like, Hey, you seem like you're a good dude. Like you're trying to help out. I'm trying to help out. I'm like a wingman of sorts. Um, <laughs> I I just thought, oh, what what a lucky day for Foggy Nelson. <laughs> that she's she, she's saying I'm just as ill-equipped for the sort of social nuances here of like high school flirtation. But <laughs> you went and had to slander the poor man who, man, he was really going down the, wasn't the shrimp <laughs> yeah. at the dance. Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> also, what school dance sprung for shrimp? <laughs> I did get a little tired of him, the running gag where he can't relay information because he's out of breath from climbing <laughs> up or downstairs. Did not, did not care for that. No, not at all. But also Anna Paquin. Okay. So she's an all girl school. Okay. 
but she has a hot brother. She knows what's attractive and what's considered mm. not so attractive. And so she's... And Foggy ain't attractive. Is that what you're saying? I'm just... Who knows, man? But this whole film is predicated on Matthew Lillard, who has a, a, the Steve-O from Jackass tattoo of himself, <laughs> except on his arm. He's the, the homewrecker. He's the guy I, I don't who shows up at a high school. Can you imagine, like, Puck from the real world showing up at a high school to take someone to prom? Like, That's fair. Yeah. Well, see, hey, yeah. you bring up the real world. We even have a dream sequence where, like, you have the characters of the movie in the real world, right? The TV show. So, again, a little bit of personality, just not enough of it. So, I, I don't know where I say, like, I know I started this episode with, like, a boy, I enjoyed myself. And then I see, rattled off for 20 minutes all the things that are wrong with the movie. It does sound like all these various things they don't commit to did keep you entertained, though. Yeah. Because they're just throwing one more wrench or curveball your direction, and you're thinking, okay, I guess they're going to commit this. Nope, nope, they're going to pull back. And um, I think they, they knew that they didn't have it with Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Prince Jr. There's a sh shocking, shockingly few amount of like actual just like date scenes, I think, with them. There's always like other people involved. Like, so when he's going to take her on the beach date, He's got to bring the JV team to come clean her house. Oh, and you've always got the kid brother in there. You've got, you got, they don't want to leave. It's like the, the movie is very parental. It's a very supervised date between <laughs> our two leads. And, uh, yeah, this one was not for me. Uh, High School Mike was much more into the one we're going to cover next week with Sarah Michelle Geller proper, the highly sexualized cruel intentions. Now, that one, that one grabbed my attention. And it's another one that I still have not seen. So you're getting... <laughs> like this is unfair to you or our listeners that middle-aged web is now diving back into like, so what were the teenagers watching <laughs> in spring of 99? <laughs> You'd think that it'd be like, oh, I'm doing research on, you know, whatever my kid is of that age. But her generation is going to be completely different than the ones from the, you know, from the 90s. So... We'll see. Like, I, I don't know what it is that I'm doing here, enjoying these films or studying them. But either way, I'm having a good time. I will say I enjoyed myself more so than not with She's All That. And I'm shocked that it is well-liked enough that Netflix decided to do a gender swap remake. Did you ever even consider watching He's All That for this episode? <laughs> I think I forgot that existed. Like most Netflix originals... Once it's off that banner, when you open the app for like the first forty-eight hours, uh, yeah, that's a that's a, that's a no from me. Uh, who who was in it? Was it anyone that we would recognize, or or no? Is it was it a Matthew Lillard of our time? <laughs> of all people, Rachel Lee Cook came back for it. I did not watch it, but I know she plays a character who is not the same character that she plays in. I think she's had a a second wind of sorts. Uh, in recent years doing like Netflix rom-coms, like ah. they're sort of like, they, they sort of try to take that like from the theatrical market. And uh, yes, I think she's been in a couple of them and I've added them to my queue and of course never watched them. That's wild because Freddie Prince Jr. was in a Christmas Netflix rom-com uh, not too long ago. You'd think that the two of them would get together and have like this reunion and Netflix could sell it. Uh, you know, again, for the first 48 hours, at the very least, to get a bunch of <laughs> plays. I, I would tune in for that. I would like to see if their chemistry... I've talked a lot of shit about Mr. Freddie Prinze. I think he's got, uh, 
you know what? His standards are, standards are too fucking high to do a, a he's all that or whatever. He's, I don't know. Now, a, a Scooby-Doo <laughs> reboot, he might be all over, but uh, I don't know. Like, save that for a I Know What You Did Last Summer type thing. Like, that, save that for a better movie from his, the pantheon of his career. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, these two leads, as, uh, you know, like you said, they have no chemistry. I don't think they had chemistry with anybody in the industry because they they fizzled out of Hollywood very, very fast. Uh, but but thankfully, we have, I guess, some evidence that they had they did exist. But he he married Sarah Michelle Gellar, so he won in reality. God, he got... Who cares about make-believe? You're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. He got Buffy. He got Buffy. <laughs> The good Buffy, not the MAGA one. 